Welcome to episode 15 of Esher Levere, a podcast on evidence in the art of Psak in Igris Moshe. This is the last of our series on individual pieces of Igris Moshe. Uh, and like the one we did last time, it involves a very fancy piece of Lundus that Rav Moshe um, wrote as part of a parish on Shulchanarach and not in a practical case. But I think that it gives us an insight into the way Rav Moshe worked generally. And in the next episode, which the final episode, where we'll try to put everything together, I think we'll see that the Lumbus and the Psak uh, are really, for Rav Moshe, um, generally indivisible. At least that's my hypothesis that we'll try to check out next time. Um, so this is a very complicated piece of Lumbus. I'm going to uh, oversimplify it, uh, partly for you and partly for me, um, but I think it will still give us uh, something that is emis in Hinegris uh, Moshe. The issue we're talking about is uh, shechita and lost knives. So let's take uh, some premises. There's an obligation to check a knife, the 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 shechita knife before you shech. And then, okay, that's fine. Um, and then, um, after you shech, there's an obligation to check the knife again. Okay. Now, if you forgot to check the first time, you check after. So it's obvious that the shechita was done with a kosher knife because a knife is still kosher. You can't. We generally assume that a, that a knife which was pogum can't become kosher through the process of shechita. Uh, but what happens if you checked it before the knife was kosher and now you check it afterwards, and the knife and the knife is not kosher? So when do we think the knife became not kosher? Before the shechita was completed or afterwards? Let's assume that for our purposes now we hold that the implication of the obligation to check is that if the uh, if we check after the shechita and the knife has become pogum, then we say, okay, it became pogum too early as opposed to it became, became pogum just now after the shechita. Okay, that's all fine and good. But here's where it gets complicated. If the knife gets lost, right? If you check the knife, it's kosher, you shech the animal, everything good. You start to look for the knife to to check it again, and the knife vanished. I have no experience with shechitas. So I don't know how this can happen. For whatever reason, the knife vanished. Okay, so then we say, look, there's no red. We 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 checked in advance, and it was and it was uh, and the knife was kosher. There's no reason to assume anything has changed. So we call it chazaka de meikara, the right that we have a, sta- a continuation of the status quo presumption. There's no evidence to damage it, so the animal is kosher. Okay, good. Now what happens if later we find the knife and we check it and it's a puzzle? It has a pegima. What do we do now? So the answer is, eh, we assume that sometime between the psak and the time we found it, it became uh, right. It became um, puzzle. So it's as if the it's as if the psak is a checking of the knife that fixes. Okay, the chazaka, right, the chazaka that happened when we checked beforehand extends at least until this point where we paskin, not because we have any evidence, but the knife is missing, and then. When we check the knife and it's pogum, we can't say, oh, it was pogum all the way back at the time of the shechita, because we've already extended the status quo to after the shechita. Okay, that's, let's take that as a, uh, as a given. Uh, so the Mechaber paskins that way, but the Mechaber also paskins in ways that if you didn't have this, this notion that it's the, 
that the moment when the knife was missing and you right, and you paskined that the shechita was kasher functions as a bedika would seem contradictory. Um, for example, the mechaber um, paskins that if you're about to check the knife and you drop it on the floor and you can't tell whether you dropped it in a way that would cause a pegima, you dropped it on the, the parts that, that matter, or you dropped it um, on some other part of it, which would not could not in any way damage the knife. So that should be conceptually the same thing as the knife being missing because you can no longer mean, really meaningfully check the knife to see if it was, uh, to see if it was kusher at the end of the, um, at the at the end of the shechita, okay. There's another um, there's another case which is what happens if you do check it afterwards, but then you check it again later and it's puzzle. So there again we say right, you know, you, right, you don't remember doing anything in between, so yeah, that should undermine your first your first uh, post shechita. But you can, no, we assume that you did something without realizing. Okay, right. So the so the the uh, in all, all those cases, right. Those are other, but I, I think we should focus on the case of the knife dropping. So the knife is in front of us now, we, but it's uncheckable, and that is not good enough. Right? That we say you can't. Right? You that we do not assume that the um, that uh, that the begima happened when you dropped it on the floor. We retroject it back to the shechita again. So why is that different than if it being lost? It's conceptually the same. So here, Rav Moshe says this to to resolve this uh, steer in the Shulchan Aruch that the Taz raises, uh, but we're right, we're foreshadowing it. Moshe says, no, what must happen is that the Psak itself changes the Halacha. So now our question is, how does the Psak, how does the Psak change the Halacha? So we've been dealing throughout this whole series with the topic of Esher Levure, and Esher Levure functions um, roughly, we've been arguing as follows, there's a certain probability rove, right, that lets you that lets things become mutter diorisa. That is a second degree of probability, which is called um, not even a right, even a mir hamatsui, and that makes it mutter drabanan. And the question, what you have to investigate further, goes in right if you have a a percentage a possibility of something being tray for us or that is not even a mir hamatsui. So then we impose an obligation to investigate it, but. Um, but, but that investigation can be lightly brushed aside. But now Rav Moshe comes along, um, and I, again, I'm going to want to clarify, this is my understanding of what Rav Moshe is saying. He says very little of it explicitly, um, so you have to go check where in uh, Igor's Moshe, Chelekei uh, um, Simendalit, um, uh, uh, I guess, Siv uh, Zion, Vav and Zion, so you can check it out for yourself. Um, Rav Moshe says, as I understand it, is as follows. Everything we've said up till now was dealing with halachic um, modes of a decision that are fundamentally probability-based. But a, stati- a, a continuation of the status quo, Chazaka de Meikara, is not probability-based at all. It's a legal way that enables us to act without knowing the truth, without even having any necessary um, basis for our, right, any epistemological basis, I guess, other than halacha says you can do this. Um, Okay, so now, 
in the category of a non-probability based chazaka, we can't distinguish between mida matzoi mida ena matzoi because there's no concept of probability at all. So what are our obligations there? So Rav Moshe says that in this case of shechita, it's not a hundred percent clear whether or to what extent he would generalize this. Chazal came along and said, "Look, the halacha says that you're allowed to rely on the chazaka demeikara, and so." The halacha de'oraisa is, if you check the knife in advance, you can eat the meat. But we, Chazal, impose an additional chiv, which is that we say that you can't eat the meat unless you've done everything you can, Eshelivari, to assure that the halacha matches the truth as known to God. You have to try as much as possible to bring the halacha and the truth together. And the raya that there is such a thing as a truth known to God is that if it turns out that the animal is, is strafe, you have to bring a carbon chatas. So there is such a right? it's not that It's not that the halacha per se determines the truth. The halacha is where, this is, in Lambdas we call it, the halacha, it's a, uh, it's a beer, not a, um, um, not a kovea. Um, but there, Moshe says, very complicated. He says, but that's only until we paskin. But once we paskin, now that's the halacha, and the halacha of chazaka, paskin the halacha of chazaka, not the fact of chazaka, but a psak based on chazaka. Um, now, should be careful. It might be that before there was a chi of the rabbanan the fact of the chazaka would have been enough. That I think Rav Moshe is 100% clear on. But, once there is a chiv drabanan, which means that there is no psak just from the, re- there is no automatic psak just from the reality. So then Rav Moshe says, what we're left with really then is until someone paskins that it's mutter, we still have a suffix. We're still not sure what the reality is. So then, if you're not sure what the reality is, you have an obligate right, you have an obligation, it may be usher to eat the meat until you've done everything you can to verify that the um, to verify that the meat is kosher. Um, and the chiv that Chazal set in front of you is that you have to check if the knife is in front of you. So if the knife is in front of you and can't be checked, so now you have a situation where what Chazal said essentially is you're not allowed to rely on the um, on the rules for um, on the rules for use um, you can't use the heuristic you have to rely on the you have to rely on the uh, on every on the uh, you have to, you have to follow the divine truth but once it's been paskin meaning that Chazal removed their chi of Eshelavar, and Chazal said that if the knife is lost, you're allowed to go back to the underlying halacha so that chazaka works. So then, that's fine. And then even if it turns out again that um, right, the knife becomes possible and you, and you can check, but now it's like any other thing which has already been verified. Right? So I guess another way of framing it is that the chiv of Eshra Levure is a chiv that exists prior to the psak. But once, but once the psak has been made, you've already been mevarerit, and therefore the any new evidence that comes in is right is has to undo the existing psak, which is treated as a vaday. So this is a, a 
if I understood Rav Moshe correctly, there are a number of fascinating moves here. One is um, the recognition that there, I think that standard, there's a difference between what Halacha says you can do, the heuristic, and what actually, and a claim about real, the Halacha actually creates reality, but then Rav Moshe complicates that and says that the Psak does create reality, it's just Halacha doesn't, and that Chazal can create this space between the Halacha and the Psak, so even though there would automatically have been, the Psak would have been automatic before the Chiyod Rabbanon exists, but the Chiyod Rabbanon means the Psak hasn't happened, and that prevents the Halachic reality from affecting the actual reality. And therefore, a Moshe says situations which probabilistically are identical, uh, and even logically, you might argue, are identical, right? There's, there, right, you shechted with the knife that you know, that you checked in his kosher, and now you can't, you have no way of determining usefully whether or not, uh, right, when the knife became puzzle afterwards. And why should it matter whether that's because the knife was lost or because something happened directly in front of you that made it clear that this knife will have a pegima and there's no way to know whether that pegima is the result or took place before the shechit or afterwards. Um says, you're right, that on all those levels it's identical, but the fact of the psak is a fact that creates a reality and that shifts the burden of proof um, thereafter. So the situations where the apparently the evidence is identical, um, and really the evidence is identical, right? Because you have the right, the knife is in the same is in the same condition, and in order to make to make it kosher, in both cases you have to claim that something happened which the shochet was on. The Shochit did something with a knife of which the Shochit was unaware. Nonetheless, Rav Meshur says that doesn't matter because we're functioning in the world of Halacha. and the world of Halacha, there is a particular Chiv, at least in the case of Shechita, but maybe he would broaden it, that when you're dealing with a, a Chazaka de Me'ikara, that does not make a claim about reality until there has been, uh, until we allow the Psak to take effect. And therefore... Um, Rav Moshe says that in such cases, until the psak um, can be issued, reality stays completely indeterminate. Once the psak has been issued, reality becomes determinate, and therefore, if the evidence comes in before the psak is determinate, the evidence is effect is um, is effect is is coming into a situation of suffix. But if the evidence comes in after the psak has been made, then the um, then the evidence is affecting the case of Vadai. There is no Chiv of Efshar Levure. There's no Chiv to continue investigation once the Psak um, has been made. Okay, I uh, look forward to uh, um, talking to you um, when it comes time for the final summary.